Contrail Five Scotland. You're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts Stuart Sutherland and Magic Mike Christie. Hey. You're listening to episode 195, The Matrix. Welcome to the real world. Again, welcome to episode 195, the 90s season finale. Mm-hmm. And we'll be exiting this decade with easily one of the biggest action sci-fi martial arts film known to man, The Matrix. Yeah. From the 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 what the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis. Can, you can't you can't really decide. It was Andy and Larry, and now it's Lily and Lana. Yes, I it must be really weird for their mum and dad. Eh? You know, <laughs> possibly. I, I just wonder because, like, I wonder what, well, like, what one was it that went first, <laughs> Lana? Yes, Lana. I. Like, I wonder. I know who was she, Andy, or was she Larry? Had to be Larry, right? I feel like there's that alliteration, but even with like Larry becoming Lana, yeah. I guess I don't know. Was, there was like was the urge like peeing sitting down enough to like. Turn fucking Andy <laughs> into Lily. Was there mates rates? Was there, did come back with a coupon to get? Was, oh Christ! You get ten percent off. Half price on half slice. <laughs> oh no! We don't want to talk about the half slice. <laughs> These um, are the people that made the Matrix. Come on now. Uh, um, prior to getting into the, the main meat of the show. I fucking knew it. Um, <laughs> we're sort of laughing here like fucking idiots, but I just want to say, like, fucking like a rest in peace to Aretha Franklin after her long loss, her long, not long loss, her, 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 her long battle with cancer, which unfortunately <laughs> she did not win. Aretha Franklin, obviously famously known for her appearance in the Blues Brothers, as well as being a, a big fucking famous soul singer. Uh, let's see Blues Brothers I've got to try and pull up that famous scene where the Blues Brothers come into the diner uh, help you boys you got any uh, white bread yes I'll have some toasted white bread please you want butter or jam on that toast honey no ma'am dry got any fried chicken best damn chicken in the state bring me four fried chickens and a coke you want chicken wings or chicken legs? Four fried chickens and a Coke. And some dry white toast, please. You all want anything to drink with that? No, ma'am. A Coke. Be up in a minute. No. Oh, that wasn't enough for my liking. I was wanting her conversation with the man. Uh, and sitting telling him the order. And he's like, Jake, Elwood. And then just dumps his missus and runs off with them. <laughs> well, I she... always thought it was funny that we done that crew sounded in that film. Mm-hmm. I'll just be to say they're not from Minnesota, are they? Yeah, it's kind of got like that. Yeah, they're originally Canadian, though, eh? Dan yes, aye, yeah. aye. I think it's also because of that. Yeah. But like, I don't think you really notice it on any other film apart from this one. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no giveaway in Ghostbusters. Nah, no, no Ghostbusters. Um, what other films was he in? The Eggheads. Coneheads. Coneheads. Fucking eggheads. That was like that stage where it's like every SNL sketch was getting turned into a feature film, wasn't it? Aye. Because I think that's what Blues Brothers originally stemmed from. Um, He never sounded it that way in Trading Places either. Mm Mm-hmm. It just sounded quite prim and proper. Yes. So obviously, regardless, uh, rest in peace to Aretha Franklin. Yeah. So... She will always, obviously, be fucking remembered by anyone that loves soul music and, of course. Mm. So today's film is The Matrix from the Wachowskis. Is it worth having a look at their filmography before getting into this? Um, I'm trying to think what they've done. I have a feeling that they've not done... Like, I'm going to be surprised if they've done more than ten films. Yeah, I don't think they've done anywhere near it's that. I know this wasn't their debut. Right. Let's have a wee gander. 
I'll just go on Lana's profile and go for that one. Director, 12. I'll say that, I've got some TV in here. So, first film was uh, Bound from uh, 1996. I've seen that. Uh, Pretty sure it's one of the ones that Arrow released as well. It does, uh, It's got um, uh, Jennifer Tilly, Gina Gershon, uh, Joe Pantoliano. Yeah. Uh, no other giant names jumping out there, but. It was an alright film. It was like when you were like, I think I first seen it when I was maybe 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Because like, Jenna uh, Gershon and Jennifer Tilly played like a couple, it was like getting like fucking awesome and brilliant, eh? <laughs> but it was like, Ladies. A, it was like a fucking like a mob like film as well. And <clears throat> when you watch it as an adult to when you watch it as a kid, like you kind of appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. And then of course, right on to 1999 with The Matrix. The cast of The Matrix, we have Keanu Reeves as Neo, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, Carrie-Anne Moss as Trinity, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith, Gloria Foster as Oracle, Joe, I can never say his second Pantoliano. name. Aye, Pantoliano. Oh, it just feels like I'm, I'm singing a wee song when I'm saying his name. Uh, as Cypher, Marcus Chung as Tank, Julian Arahagna as Apoch. Uh, Matt Doran as Mouse, Belinda McClory, I'm McClory, as Switch, and Anthony Ray Parker as Dozer. Uh, Mike, what is the plot to the Matrix? Um, let's see, I've got it written in here. Uh, where is it? Yeah, um, a computer hacker discovers he's been living in a program run by machines and joins a group of rebels to set mankind free. Very much. Whereas the IMDb like synopsis is a bit like the way it's worded is really Ah oh, no, I don't have that in front of me. Is it worth looking at? Uh, let's see, I've got it here actually. Cool. Yeah, it says um, a computer hacker learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against its controllers. Hmm. Aye. Again that doesn't give you too much about the story. Yeah. But... Uh, now, Mike, was this the first time you've seen The Matrix? No, <laughs> not at all. Roughly how many times do you think you have seen it? Um, I'll say maybe like in full, probably maybe between five and ten times maybe. Aye, okay. Yeah. Do, you have, do you remember memories from your first viewing? No, I remember my first memories of viewing it was at your mum and dad's house. Okay. I think your dad rented it on DVD when we had DVDs it. Ah, we had it. Yeah, playing the PC. Yes, we had had it given to us from my mum's friend, who was like the, our our pirate video dealer back in the day. And then she went on to get DVDs, and then when we got a a PC, a built-in DVD player, she would occasionally give us DVDs, and it was in those. When it was a DVD case and it was just card with a plastic clip. Yeah. So I, I always distinctly remember getting that and I'm positive, positive that was the first fucking DVD I watched. I think that was the very first DVD I watched as well because I remember, I don't think I seen it all the way through on my dad's ink movie. We were watching it. I think I maybe watched the first hour then I had to go home and it fucking blew my mind. Aye. And I was like to my mum and dad, I was like, fucking get down to Walker's right now and get this rented. <laughs> Aye. Good. Oh, that was it. it. It's just one of those films that we were at the right age for it to sort of blow your mind with crazy special effects, fucking martial arts, and all this other reality bullshit. Yeah. Because we were at like that impressionable high school age. Yeah. And it probably would have been like the most talked about thing uh, in school as well. Because it's probably at a stage now. Did I have an age rating on it? Was that 15? Ah, uh, 15, I think it was. Aye, so 15, came out in 1999. So it would have been 13, 14. Aye, so not quite old enough to go and see it ourselves, but yeah. you'd be like the envy of your pals if you'd seen it before them. Aye. Now, like, since the fact that you've mentioned you've seen it five, ten times, between that, you must like the movie. Yeah. I think it's uh, 
But I think this is like even though I've seen it move between five and ten, and I think this is maybe the first time we've seen it in maybe over a decade. Aye, aye, totally. Because I'm so there was like some bits today that I completely forgot. Yeah. About the film, which was like get to like re. Aye. What's the word? Like rediscover. Yes. That's about the film. Mm-hmm. That was the same because I don't remember the last time I'd properly seen it, and it could have been easily ten years ago in the sense that the sequels followed in two thousand three. So probably around that time would be the time I'd be rewatching the first one in preparation yeah. for the sequels. But that was two thousand three. That was fucking on the verge. Oh, that was like fifteen years ago. Yeah. And I always just mind that fucking image of Neo in a basketball court fighting like a thousand Agent oh, Smiths. Yeah. So, but I uh, do. I'm delighted to say I am still a big fan of this movie. It's always one of those things where you didn't watch in a while and you go back to going, oh, I wonder if it holds up. But this, yeah. oh, this holds up. There, there's times yeah. where you could tell. Ah, uh, it's like the effects and like the storytelling. It was like it was way ahead of its time. Yes, I uh, it definitely fucking leaps and bounds above the rest and for everything that kind of came after it just felt like it was just trying to emulate the Matrix yeah uh, now I have several bullet points I've kind of like listed our, our four main actors so we could kind of go through what we like what they like between our cast and then I've just got a, a bullet points with all like the main story beats yeah. so now I think this is one film that I could say that I cannot tell who steals it. Yeah. I think your main trio of characters, such a strong unit, and Hugo Weaving as the fucking bad guy. Yeah. So it's, it's fucking completely equal over the board. There's there's no yeah. breakout performance. Like, sure, it, maybe it was like a time watching, it's like, ah, Keanu Reeves is still alive. Yeah, because I think, like, I th- like we, we, we've talked about it for like, years about films that, like, like like reinvent like actors and stuff like yeah. Keanu Reeves probably in the mid nineties was probably on like a like a downward path maybe well, and then so this came along and kind of like reboosted him sort of thing oh totally especially like into because I I think I just remember this film as like a film of like the new millennium sure it's nineteen ninety nine but I don't think we we never really probably got access to it until it was out on DVD so it could have been the following year. But for him to be, I think, if I had to think back, I would know him mainly for Bill and Ted. Yeah. So yeah, those two movies. Then it would have been Speed. Yeah. Then it would be Matrix. Yeah. And I obviously I know, like one of the biggest films he's he has done that I've still never seen was like the original Point Break. Ah, uh, someone seen Point Break? Still not seen Point oh, Break. Oh, that is a fucking travesty. That is, you need to get that watched. I know. I mean, Patrick Swayze, but but Gary fucking Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey is in this film. Uh, it's such a good film. I always remember that fucking scene out uh, uh Hot Fuzz, uh, where they sit and watch in the house. I think Nick Frost, I think Simon Pegg's character says the same thing that he's never seen it. And he just opens up this like. Like, in a film it would be a weapons case but it's like Aye. a fucking like, video DVD case Aye, he's got fucking blockbusters built into his fucking back his living room mm. but I love that he does like this big energetic jump over the couch to get it because yeah. <laughs> he's so fucking giddy uh, I know do you own it? I do I do I, I might just just yeah sort that out I've never seen it. the reboot I have no intentions of seeing the no, reboot no nah. I think there's plenty of other films we could waste our time on now I mean, where do you fucking start with, like, his scenes? Like, do you have, like, a favourite Neo scene? Um, I think, like, when I was, like, going through, like, my favourite scenes, I think my, like, my favourite scene, like, even when I first, like, watched it, was probably, like, the lobby shootout towards the end. And when he had the sparring with Morpheus and that. Because, obviously, at that age, like, again, like, we were watching a lot of, like, fucking Jackie Chan, Bruce Uh, Lee, Jet Li. So like that sort of stuff, like related, like that, like we can relate your, to it. Your first proper appearance of like an American martial arts film, yeah. Like outside of like Van Damme and Seagal, yeah. It, to see it shot so well and and like they they properly changed it. They, they went out of like 
the black trench coats and the dark settings yeah. too, like what just looked like something out of like Fist of Fury. Yeah. And then just had both of them having a proper decent martial arts fight now. Obviously it's a given that had excellent martial arts sequences when they had um action choreographer or martial arts choreographer uh, Yun Wu Ping yeah. doing the action set. So that was obvious that you have a fucking dude from Hong Kong who's got such a prestigious yeah. uh, filmography for working with Jet Li, Jackie Chan and hundreds of other famous actors like from Hong Kong. Like for him to come over and be the martial arts choreographer for your film. Yeah. Like it was a sure thing. And I think that was also the same note that fucking Tarantino took when he brought him aboard to do the martial arts sequences for Kill Bill. Oh, was he the, I'm the choreographer for that as well? Like, aye. Makes sense. Eh? Exactly. Especially with like Tarantino being such a fucking movie nerd, he would probably be well aware of Yin Wu Ping and then the fact that he's working over like in the West, working in America. He'd yeah. probably have been daft not to have fucking tapped him on the shoulder and got him to come across. But I think one of my favourite sequences is always from the beginning of the film where it's sort of like he's at that stage where he's not sure if he's awake or if he's dreaming. And that dude at his door is like, oh man, yeah, that's masculine. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's when he's been uh, hunted down by the agents at his work. Oh yeah, and he's like moving for like, like death to death sort of thing. Aye, and they try and do that wee interrogation scene with him. And he's still trying to be cool, just saying, no, nah, they can know what the fuck you're on about. And he's like, you just can't do anything. I'll fucking like, call for help. He's like, how could you call when you don't have a voice? Yeah. Like, what? And then his fucking mouth starts sewing itself shut. Yeah. Like, that was a fucking, I'm pretty sure, a slightly terrifying scene to see <laughs> originally. And now you're just looking at it, it's like a wee hokey bit of CGI, but the fucking panic on his face sells it. Yeah. Because I love how they describe it. It's like, this man had leaves two lives. Because it was, what was it? Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Who was just... Like your day by day office guy. Aye. And then by night he's fucking Neo and some sort of internet hacking superhero. I think one thing I love about this film is just the costume design. Like everyone dressed as if they were ultra futuristic. Yeah. But they just like clearly just came up with the wardrobe of choice for goths. Like from now yeah. on, like the year nineteen ninety nine. Because obviously that's what they were like saying. Obviously, like like the Matrix can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Which is why when you see like Mouse, he's like fucking decked up and all, and then he he like implements like the woman in red into the thing and all that. Mm-hmm. Aye. But then when they're actually like in like the real world, they're they like, like refugees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. They're all just kicking about in fucking hand-me-down clothes. It's, well, like, it's, it's a fucking, like, really, like, it just makes you, like, wince when he, it's like, when he gives birth, like, when he's in the chamber thing. And oh, he, like, He's, like, completely shaved, like, yes, fucking head to toe. He's just... And like, he's got, like, the big massive, like, fucking thing, like, embedded in his skull. Aye. That's always a fucking really... Yeah. Like, fucked up sequence. And, like, the stuff that he, like, coded and it kind of always reminds me of the fucking, like, the the pink slime in Ghostbusters 2 in the oh, bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. It always <laughs> reminds me. It is, like, when that is, when he wakes up in the real world type of thing. I love that sequence where he comes through and you've got Morpheus talking with him. And Neo's like, Man, I can why my eyes hurt so much. Like you're using them for the first time. Like just he's always full of these fucking stoic one-liners. <laughs> but it's it's all the weird tests to do, and like where there's one scene where he's just covered in all the acupuncture pins, oh, yeah. needles, and it's sort of like they're just oh, it's a, what would be the term? Sort of like they're I was, uh, detoxifying is the word in my head, but that's not it. Is where they're being who's doing before and again, I was thinking like in a sci-fi film where they go from a space and then to a shirt and they all get sprayed doing and then oh you mean like the like they're getting oh what's the word mm-hmm. aye you totally know the expression I mean but like like this is him coming into the real world so they're scrubbing him up and now yeah. he's just in there with all the refugees he's got all his wee bolts yeah and fucking 
Ten out. It's just that great sequence where he wants to him being chosen as because well that's they they cry him the chosen one. Yeah. But I love how we get to see his journey to there, like all the training sequences, like everything from like learning how to jump. Yeah. Because like Trinity had that great highlight reel at the beginning of the film where she was decking all the cops and doing those big fucking leaps from building to building. And all the police were like, there's no way we're going to make that. And then fucking whatever agent following her clears the jump easily and runs after her. I was surprised to see that there was more than one agent. And it was a Hugo Weaving was always the main agent, but he had like an Agent Brown. Yeah. And something like Agent Sterling or something. Mm. But obviously, fucking Mr. Agent Smith yeah. became the famous one. What about Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah, I mean... I think this was the film that kind of introduced me to Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, obviously he'd done films before it and stuff. Aye. But I didn't think we were kind of aware of it till no. afterwards. Aye, and that's a, and it is easily probably his most memorable role. Like, yeah. It's an, an iconic role because it is, it's one of the biggest films that were ever made. And that's not an exaggeration. Like, it is a household name. Mm. Everyone knows what The Matrix is. So for Lawrence Fishburne, like that is easily his most famous role, I think. I've got a note of it here. It's IMDb top four consists of Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, and two other films. What do you think they could be? Um, Boys in the Hood. No. It's Clint Eastwood one. Mystic River. Oh, I was in that as well. Aye. Did you watch that one? No, I still not watched it yet. Ah, right. I still not watched it yet. I figured you'd seen it because I knew you'd, you've bought it, but... Um, another one was Contagion, which I thought was a bit random. Ah, like, like that. It was like 2011 or something, or like 15. Mm. Like I always remember up to date outbreak. I always from. remember him being the like the straight face dad and um, Boys in the Hood. Right, and he was um, he had a role in that. Uh, one of his earlier roles he had, he was in that um, King of New York with Christopher Walken. Oh, right, aye. He ends up playing one of the, like one of the gang members. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that one of his top. I think one of the films doesn't really get talked about much was that he was in Event Horizon, with Sam Neill. Yes, aye, right. And he was pretty good in that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just before the Matrix. I can never understand like the algorithm that IMDb uses, whether if it's people voting them, yeah, to their top four because obviously for all four main actors like Keanu Reeves. Lawrence, uh, Carrie Anne, and uh, Hugo Weaving. Matrix is all their number yeah. one, obviously, because it is. And I think IMDb have it launched in their top 250. Uh, it's at a reasonably high It's like number. in the, the top 20, possibly. Yeah, I'll double check the now. I was reading that earlier. Last, um, could have been number 19 for what I remember. Uh, 18. 18, aye. So, like that's that it was it there's probably a rightful place for it because it definitely deserves to be ranked yeah high in the top 250 anyway mm-hmm. but one of the, the Lawrence Fishburne scenes like one of the Morpheus scenes that I do really enjoy obviously it gets all the great stuff at the start where he he's taking Neo on his journey and all that but one of the particular scenes I fucking really love the most is when they are in the building that's been like they're they're like they're doing their first job and they realise it's a trap. Oh yeah. And they're trying to escape and they're going through the walls of the building. Aye. And, and he like kinda of sacrifices himself. Yes. And it's such a fucking brilliant scene where he just fucking kinda of headbutts the wall, goes yeah. through and just has a fucking slug face with Agent Smith. But it's not until he's like they're just fucking having like this headbutt Ah, like, yeah, they're, they're just continuously headbutting each other, right? Aye, and Smith just starts fucking, like, three times as much as he's delivering, and yeah. he's just fucked. And you're thinking it's such this strong, mighty character, like, the bout between him and Neo, yeah. they have a great fucking fight when it's the I know Kung Fu sequence, and you just think, Christ, Morpheus is huge! And then when Smith gets his hands on him, it just yeah. gives him his toys. Um, I'll, like, when I first watched the film, 
I also thought that he was going to like maybe like die then sort of thing. Aye. To like save like the Matrix and stuff like that. Aye, exactly. I thought it wouldn't have been a surprise if that did happen. Yeah. Because normally I say kind of films where you get like the the leaders like the like the tutor like sort of Aye. thing like they always end up kind of dying or something. Exactly. Just yeah. so the other ones could live and yeah, they save the day. But one of the other things I do always quite enjoy watching is. The one where they first get loaded into the Matrix and it's just like a blank room. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, it's that thing you want it to be. And, and there's like guns. And then you just see all the big racks of guns. Yeah. Gun racks come flying out of them. And where they're sitting, talking about the real world. And then it just fucking zooms it, drops in, and he's sitting on a fucking leather chair. Aye, like in a wee nest of a cliff or something. Eh? Aye, with like the old box television. And fucking Neo still like sitting squeezing the chair to make sure it's real like sequences like that are all pretty good I think he gets a lot more to do in the second one yeah because I feel Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne get the most screen time I think Carrie Ann Moss doesn't get as much yeah I mean you got it at the start but then aye obviously I mean the story's all about fucking Neil exactly and then I think the second one you kind of got a bit more yeah, uh, like Carrie Armos and um, what's his name, uh, Morpheus. Mm-hmm. And other than the scenes I just mentioned, is there any other key Morpheus moments? Um, when I watched it when I was younger, and it still kind of freaked me even when I was watching it. Is when he's uh, getting interrogated by Agent Smith, and uh, and his eyes are like roaming to like, the back of yes. his head, and that. I, I when watching that, I was convinced he was going to Hulk out yeah. and do something, but. I'm guessing it's just him trying to fight. Like it was like a aye, truce. Aye, because they were injecting him with a truce here, but he wasn't giving up anything. Like one exactly. of the agents is like, maybe you're asking, like asking the wrong questions. Aye, but it was you could just see him having like this eternal struggle with the eyes. And, and it was just... like when he was um, when he had when uh, Smith had Morpheus by the head, and he was like, like running his hand up his nose, and uh, the way he was acting, I was like, it looks like he's fucking like Odin on heroin. Ah, it is like the fucking the way the eyes are going. And you see the beads of sweat rolling Aye. down the back of his head. I honestly, I mean, thought, it just looks defeated. Eh? Aye, like he's broken the man, but like that moment, then just seeing the fucking helicopter rise up. Yeah. No. Should we talk about Trinity? Aye. I mean, again, I'm trying to think of what her big sequences are, other than she gets that hole opener, yeah, which we talked about, and I think that opening scene is so well played because it gives you a complete taste of like this is what this film's going to be for the next two hours so the first fucking kick through and you get that 360 camera angle and you get like right away fuck I'd imagine audience is like how like even like for a technology standpoint of thinking how the fuck they shot that and just to see martial arts fucking running up walls and then having like that, yeah. that fucking music playing, where it's like this sort of like, That's uh, like techno exactly, like. like having that playing over it and then just because that's it. The, the more or less the people in the film look cool as fuck in what they're doing in these slick action sequences, running up the walls, dodging bullets, shooting any cunt that got in their rods. Mm. You you could see why like also the darker side to like the whole Matrix franchise is like fucking school shootings where folk were inspired by things for the Matrix. Yeah. Cunts going about in fucking black trench coats carrying machine guns and that lobby sequence uh, like when watching that you could see like oh I some impressionable kids uh, easily fucking like yeah. love well, was this Was that film. no was that no um, what like the Columbine shooting was kind of like the folk that apparently done it they like also, they commit suicide and that there, but like during like all the investigation, that they were heavily influenced by like video games and films, just like the Matrix and stuff. Yeah, because so. that's I think they were they were in fucking like big Doc Martin boots, black trench coats, and sunglasses. Yeah, and that was pretty much exactly what Carrie Ann yeah. Moss and Keanu Reeves were kitted at like when they went into the lobby of that building <laughs> and proceeded to shoot every fucking. Aye. person in, in that lobby mm. and including all that fucking SWAT team that come out when watching that you can I'll, in hindsight because we know about things like the Columbine shoots you're just thinking as like they fucking plowed through the security guards that were just doing their normal 9 to 5 it's like 
Ah, this is this is a bit of a not a tough watch, but you could just see it's like yeah. Aye, some poor cunts got influenced by that, unfortunately. But I mean, some of her scenes didn't really stand out, but I think it's just because they're all these combo scenes. It's always teamed yeah. up with Neo and. Like they get that great action sequence when they're they've worked through uh, the lobby and they've got into the roof Aye. and this is when the agents have got into them and she gets that fucking great moment where she gets to shoot random agents Aye, in the yeah. face because that thing I do love is like how they kind of just possess people Aye. and take over and it just kind of it makes sense because in the Matrix everyone's they're all just sort of like hosts so they yeah. just kind of switch from wherever they want to get them where they need to be mm. and it's always like some random fucking helicopter pilot always gets fucking replaced with yeah. an agent it's like also it's when you it's when it's like the finale where Neil running through the house and he runs past the kitchen and I saw like the old woman the and old then woman. just the next thing you see is like the knife getting thrown and it's the agent and it's like aye. it's great eh? aye because that's it it's like some old woman doing the dishes eh? mm. drying off a knife and then you see the fucking knife hit the door frame yeah. and it's just an agent. The same with the fucking old homeless dude. Ah, uh, yeah, aye. Like he's just sitting station. there uh, watching them and then you see the green light kind of take over him. And there's always like this weird uh, digital effect where it kind of look like they get like the stroke face and they're going... Yeah. And then that's it, an agent. But she gets that fucking cracking line where it's like dodge lists and just shoots him in the bus. Yeah. And it just cuts back and there's like some poor dead pilot lying there. Doesn't care what the fuck was going on. And since we're talking of the agents, Agent Smith. Yeah. Like Hank, maybe one of his big key scenes, what, as we said, was that interrogation scene with yeah. Morpheus. Because it's great. Hugo Weaving kind of gets the like, layer on thick. Aye. Like his choice of dialogue. And it's the way he talks as well. Because like, he is, he's Australian, eh? Sure he is. Possibly, I've never, sure never thought to look, but I wouldn't be surprised. But I, he just has this great tense demeanor. Yeah. Where it's the it, way, it's the way he like comes across and says like Mister Anderson as well. Aye, and it's just like it, it's just continually unsettling. It's like, like this is the guy you're not wanting to mess with. Like, yeah, you do not want this cunt chasing you. And the fucking secret, like the fights him and Neil have, like obviously that giant sequence at the end. It's where he's just trying to escape from the Matrix. Yeah. But he's just being pursued by agents. And when Trinity gets away and he's just on his own. Yeah. And having that fucking shootout in the the apartment block. Yeah. Because, it, well, it kind of goes from the, it goes for the subway. Ah, it goes for the subway to an apartment block. Aye. And again, where they have like these fucking mind-bending action sequences. Where you have that shot where like both of them have dived through the air like John Woo style Aye. shooting their guns and then the camera does its 360 trick again yeah. and there's that great shot where they're both falling on the ground and like the guns are pressed each other's temple yeah. and it's like you're out of bullets mm. and it's like so are you and you just see him through sunglasses the eyes shift to look at the barrel of his gun to see it's empty and they look back at him and he's like really annoyed I like the um, like the opening scene where Oh, so the police are like got um, uh, Trinity like like cornered, oh, I and they appear on they appear on the scene. That and it's like ah, I've got like four or five of my best guys up there, and he's like ah, it's like by like, the time you get up there, they're already dead. Aye, it's like how it's just a golf chick using a fucking computer in an old derelict building. Yeah, I like how in the Matrix, there every building is so fucking, fucking shabby. Even in derelict. Neil's apartment, when you look at Neil's apartment, it's like plaster walls and it's Riddle just fucking, ah, and it's just. <laughs> a bed, a computer system and like books and shit like that. That's the only part of the apartment you see, obviously. Why are you making our future look so bleak? Which else is... Uh, for them now to be such... Maybe that's why the rest of the films are so fucking colourful. Uh, like that, that Speed Racer looked like a very colourful film. Maybe they're just tired of doing bleak movies. Mm. But, obviously, the special effects uh, for the time... I think if anything, I think that's the thing that steals it. Yeah. Because you can't really agree on what character stole it. So I think it's the special effects that have to have stole it. Like, even just that scene where uh, Neo's outside of the Matrix and he's just lying there and everyone's kind of having to talk to him and he touches the mirror. 
and it goes and like it that. And it stuck to his fingers. And then and it then starts it... travelling up his arm. Eh? Exactly. And he's just slowly, and like they're saying that like he's going into cardiac yeah. arrest. He can't handle what's going on in front of him. It looks a bit like uh, like T one thousand ish. Yes, uh, he's fucking slowly turning into a liquid terminator. Yeah, and like even just the creativity with the fucking camera work, where when like, it goes, screamed, his, uh, goes I, down his throat. You see the fucking fillings in his mouth as it goes fucking doing <laughs> it. You get this weird fucking scream, but it's distorted like a, a dial-up modem. Uh, that was at the perfect time where they could use like internet, all this stuff, and not everyone watching it is as wise as. Like people using those sort of techniques now, it probably look pretty hokey. Yeah. Um. But because that's it, I think in the new millennium, it was a whole sequence of ultra sci-fi things and the use of internet. I'm, I always remember watching. I think Mercury Rising, the Bruce oh, Willis aye, film with the kid that had autism. Yes, and like they go to the library to access email. And they go and select the email from like a drop down box to get to their inbox. And like, don't think all the world's email addresses are all kept in a drop down menu. <sighs> but I think it was at a time where nobody can know what the fuck the internet was. Yeah. Or how it could be displayed in film rather than like, it's always like the police technology of how they could yeah. zoom in on a pixelated image and clear it up by just zooming. Yeah. Also, we're talking about the special effects. And yes. like I say, it's no surprise that the film did win four Oscars. It did, didn't it? I and never it got um, every technical award under the sun. Much. Um, it won best film editing, best sound, mm-hmm. best sound effects editing, and best visual effects, obviously. Yes, of course. You couldn't have. What would it have been? I, I mean, you couldn't. I mean, you couldn't have given anything to South Park bigger, longer, and uncut <laughs> as much as we would have. Um, Nineteen ninety nine. I mean, Matrix special effects or giant shark jumping anywhere, eating Samuel Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. Oh, Deep Blue Sea. Now, I was in Sainsbury's the other week, and there's a Deep Blue Sea 2 on DVD. Not on Blu-ray, just on DVD. What the fuck is that all about? That's a bit weird. A straight-to-DVD sequel, surely. Because I don't think I don't remember that ever being in I mean, almost 20 years after the original. Exactly. The whole style of this film is bigger than the fucking film itself. Yeah. Like, as we said, the, the soundtrack and the score Aye. is was something completely new to me back then as well. To hear that um, techno song, what was it? Uh, Club to Death. And Aye. it was a good mixture of like an orchestra score like for the big important scenes. Yeah. And then for the stylist scenes, it was all like this techno music. Yeah. And it just kind of really cemented like the style of the film. For like, because I guess like futuristic, let's go with techno, like that. Yeah. Was obviously a match, but. Cause I, I mean, always find it like makes me like wonder, like, what. I mean, obviously, I'm sure I, I did read on like some of the trivia notes. Apparently, like, it took them so long to like <clears throat> finalise, like, getting the film made and stuff. But like, I wonder what kind of. Like, they were also talking about, like, they were also thinking about making this film before they got made, obviously. Yeah. And I'm assuming they probably thought that, like, when the first draft or something, it probably didn't fit into, like, the timeline and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, like having, like, ideas of, like, 360 fucking karma styles. Obviously, wirework. Wirework's fucking done everywhere nowadays. Yeah, aye, and even, exactly. Even in, like, like Asian cinema back in, like, the late 80s aye. and 90s and stuff. But, and that's it. Uh, having, like, you know, we're paying to do something like that. But then, obviously, like, the biggest fucking... Like mind bending thing in that film is probably the bullet time, like yes, the bullet dodging and that, and the slow aye. motion and that. Like that, that obviously was fucking like brilliant. Aye, and that, and even the little kid in Oracle's living room was it bending like, the spoon. Thing? Bending the spoon. Aye, it's not the spoon that bends; it's your mind. Aye, and it is definitely when you watch that sequence for the first time, going, "What the like, fuck." fucking what's his name sitting watching it Yuri Geller like I beg to differ <laughs> I've done that for years I could have done that why did you get a little British kid one of my favourite moments of this film is fucking Cypher's double cross uh, it's it's that moment where the like he always yeah, plays yeah, the shifty character yeah you know it's kind of obviously you see him when he's in his um, meal with Agent Smith aye 
And then when they go to their job and he throws his phone away while like phoning that uh, sideline, you know it's coming. I know. And you're just kind of waiting for it to happen. Exactly, but because at first you, like, was it? It's like the whole ignorance is bliss. Like I know this steak's not real, but I choose to eat it anyway. And he just talks about how he, he likes to live in the matrix. Things are nice. The real world shit. They're all eating oats and like just sludge. Yeah. And it's like how it's dispensed with what looks like a fucking fire hose. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yum, that looks delicious. And fucking Mouse is talking about how good it's like, oh, it talks about all the coding of how chicken tastes like this and like how everything tastes like chicken because it's the way the code's written and like, just shut the fuck up and eat your porridge. That's, that's what it looks like. It looks uh, like ready breaker. Uh, a wee bit wallpaper paste, a wee bit yeah. uh, fucking B&M porridge. <laughs> It is not. <laughs> um, but I mean, also you like when you see like Safe and he's talking, he's like, like I want to be rich. Yes. And I want to, like, I want to be somebody. Aye, it, it was great when they had that reveal and it showed you Agent Smith because it showed you that they could actually be reasoned with. Yeah. Like, because they just appeared like fucking Terminators almost. They just look like robots that are just gonna pursue and kill. Yeah. Any people, like outside the Matrix, but. From the fucking reason with uh, Cypher and kind of come up with a deal and because yeah. he had what was it? he was wanting like his body moved and he was he was wanting this done but it's no until he just said he does the phone drop when yeah. he realised what the walks into is a big fucking trap. Because Neil picks up on it with the whole black cat thing. Yes, the the deja vu and that was always like one of the big fucking things where the glitch in the matrix. I imagine that so many people probably reference that when, like, because deja vu fucking happens all the time to Aye. people. And I wonder how many folk go, like, they just, like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a hardcore fan base that still thinks yeah. they are in the Matrix right I mean, now. Also, like, like, you do get, like, scenarios in everyday life where someone's taking place in that and you kind of feel like you've done this before, Aye. but you can never remember when and stuff, and it's the same. Well, is it real or not? Exactly. It's the same when films like Avatar came out and people just wished they were on Pandora riding on the backs <laughs> of big blue cats <laughs> shoving their ponytails into each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what uh, Lily and Lana did. <laughs> oh, that, that was quick. I'll give you that. Um, but, but I mean, also, you, I mean, you talk about like the character Cypher and like like Joe Pantolano, like obviously, he plays it well. Aye, and I mean he's been in loads of fucking. I always remember him for like Baby's Day to play one of the dumb fucking oh, baby yeah. nappers, the one that was like scared of heights and all. Aye. I mean it was a funny. It was like I was a cash grab for him basically, but totally. I mean he was the the, the police captain in Bad Boys One and Two. Aye, and uh, fucking he was um. He was basically Robert De Niro's Max Cherry and Midnight Run. He was the one that gave Bob De Niro the joke to go and get oh, the dad from Beethoven. Aye. 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 Uh, he was in, he played like one of the mob fucking boys in that bound as well. Mm-hmm. He's been a loads of shit. Nah, he's, and I think he, did he, he not? He was in Sopranos as well. Oh, I was just think. about to Aye. say he had a chunk in Sopranos as well. And it is, he's like one of these cunts that have always been there. Yeah. Um, but I always remember Cypher being like one of those great characters because it was one of the best fucking like screen portrayals. Because yeah. not only the fact that he betrayed them and they get attacked by the fucking agents and they're in so much fucking trouble, but it's the fact that he gets out of the Matrix first. Yeah. And he's sitting talking to Tank. Is it Tank and Dozer? Uh, tank. Uh, Tank's the one that's basically like the. The, the old crown operator when they're yeah, phoning them. Yeah. Uh, those are like the big muscly guy. Exactly. I meant to look him up because because it's something like Ray Parker or something. He's got a double barrel first name. You thinking it's slight relation to fucking Ghostbusters Ray Parker? Maybe I'm thinking that. Aye, because it's like I can. Oh, Anthony Ray Parker. Uh, right. I feel like I can't for something, but I'm, ah, I'm not gonna look. But it's when he comes in and he plays all nicely, nice, and it's like, oh man. This happened, that happened, we're all in trouble, you better go save them. And he's in the background picking up like a big... It looks like a big light. It looks like, like a, th- a flamethrower out of like Fallout, but it was just a big fucking lightning gun. 
Uh, and he just fucking teases Dozer. No, tank. Uh, tank first. And Dozer's like, no, my and, like, brother. You, yeah, I mean, you didn't see Dozer getting hit, but you see like, the aftermath and he just looks like fried chicken. Yes. And it's just like he's going around and when it's Trinity picks up the phone, yeah. calls the operator and fucking Cypher's on the other end and he's just been an utter dick. Uh, just kills, it was like Apoc. Aye. Uh, and just see him drop and then does the same to Switch. I'd be like, I'm plugging him sort of thing. Eh? And he's like, if you've got anything to say to Switch, you better say it now because she's going to die. And she's just looking. And then just like her eyes roll back and drops yeah. down dead. It's like, oh, he's such an evil dick. And, and then it's when he he's has... sitting talking to Neo. And they talk about like, this guy's a fucking miracle. And uh. like, I'm about to show you he's not. And right enough, there's fucking a tank propped up holding the big fucking lightning gun uh, I mean I don't understand how how fucking tank never died because he gets shot twice he gets shot twice by it like in the back and then like in the front and to quote more fucking Monty Python's like it is only a flesh wound so yeah he just like got some barbecue ribs yeah. and he was fine man I'm just thinking for the Matrix and they all lived on like fucking porridge sludge like I wonder if cannibalism ever comes like man ribs would be <laughs> Do you smell tank? He's partly fried. <laughs> I just want to sit beside him and smell. <laughs> Could we know just maybe dozer? He's dead. Eh? Let's let's go on meat lad. When was the last I time mean, we had meat? And I mean, there's there's no way there's no chance of fucking going to your mouse because he's fucking scrawny. Exactly. Fucking like the the right one died. Look him. He's a big fucking meaty bastard. Let's <laughs> let's not waste him. This is how he would have wanted to go. When was the last uh, time he had a bit of thigh? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Tanks that greet is like he's my fucking brother. <laughs> Wild chowing down on some ribs. I know, like it should be Cypher. He's the one that betrayed us. Let's fucking chew him up and shit him out. <laughs> fucking mustache bastards. <laughs> Have some white meat. White, get off my brother. Even though, like, I like Cypher's mustache, I do love his wee fucking, like, soul patch that he's got going. Now, you know what? There's, there's like, one moment of this film where you could look at it and just cry bullshit. Like, Matrix is, like, the film we're discussing. And it's that moment, like, where you're close to the, the, the climax near the end where Neil gets shot several times by Agent Smith. Uh, and he drops dead on the carpet. And of course, when they say when you're killed in the Matrix, your fucking mind gets fucking blended. Yeah. And that's you dead in the real world. But, like, the whole give where he's shot, he dies. And he's like, and he gets the kiss from Trinity. Yeah, and it's like that just, like, like repowers him. Sort of ah, it gives yeah. him a fucking extra life all of a sudden. Yeah. He's like, okay, that's probably the only part where he could cry. Yeah. He's saved by a kiss. The yeah, one is saved I, by a I, kiss. I think that's probably the maybe the only negative part of the film. I think it, it, it's, it's something you could easily like <clears throat> let it go, but it's just thinking, well, yeah. <laughs> but that, that's like the tiniest, like the the tiniest niggle of the film where I'm just thinking that bit's a bit daft. It's like, it's, a, it's a giant fucking sci-fi film with folk running around and we're all in a fake world. Sure. I just made it. I reckon it was like a fucking Disney film all of a sudden. Yeah. Just to have like him saved by a kiss, but um, and the only thing I could think back is when it's sort of the favors repaid in the third film. Yeah. Carry on, Moss had been shot, and they do that camera effect where it's like a skeleton. That's, uh, it's... They they switch to the Matrix, and it's all just <coughs> it's in code, and you just see, see him shoving his hand in her. Yeah. To, it was either like he was taking a bullet out or he was fucking getting the heart out of his squeeze. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck is this nonsense? I have to say, it does progressively get a little bit dafter as it goes on. Yeah. And do they not have big fucking mech suits by that third one? Aye. Yeah. Because it's all, like, the second one and the third one kind of gives you a bit more of, like, Zion and stuff like that. Aye, and all the weird octopus robot creatures yeah. that are. What do you call them again? I cannot remember, but. Yeah, the fact that they're all being hunted. Yeah, and I could swear, what is the reference? Is there a reference in Morpheus' ship, the Nebuchadnezzar? 
Ah, I feel yeah, that means to do a to do a Bible thing. Hi, it was just when he says like that's for something. Yeah, but I just could not like look it up. Yeah, I did not have the strength to. Um, but I think I'm all tapped out. Yeah, I don't I, think I have um, anything else to add to this. Yeah, I'll just go over the usual trivia and budget and stuff. You ready to go there? Ah, yeah. Yeah, we'll start with budget and box office. Uh, what do you think the budget for this one is? I feel like it's before the time of giant fucking budgets. Although it's special effects heavy. It has to be at least at least 50 million. Uh, close. It sat at the budget with 63 million. Oh, well, that's... And I mean, there's no like there's there's no word to lie like it made its money back. Of course. Domestically, it took a hundred and seventy one point four million. Right. And foreign market took two hundred ninety two, so it took four hundred and sixty million worldwide. So no bad for us. Yeah. That's like I mean, like if you put like inflation on there, it probably would have been like in a billion nowadays. Yeah. But uh, I imagine like the franchise as a whole, it yeah. probably rates. Because that was then, like when I was looking up the budget when I was on Watch Mo- uh, uh, Box Office Mojo, it gave me the budget and Box Office combined for all three. All oh, right, okay. Uh, and I was like, oh, I uh, I'd imagine they got a lot more dough to play with for the sequels. Yeah, aye. yeah. But uh, trivia notes: um, the opening scene where uh, Trinity and the agents hit, um, it took. Six months of training and four days to shoot. So they had to train for six months for that, for that four one day scene. sequence. So you could kind of imagine, like, it wasn't like a, a rushed film. It probably, no. I reckon it probably took maybe about a year to film. I wouldn't be surprised. There or thereabouts, including like reshoots and stuff. Yeah. Because um, that was only like, when I was looking at the notes and stuff, it was filmed in like, um, like Sydney, Australia. Ah. Yeah. Although, say that, like, a lot of the time is spent out of the world or yeah. what the world is, just looks plain, so it's not a surprise. That's why I was, because that's when I was saying that also, I think Hugo, Hugo even was like Australian, he's probably just some guy on the street one day and uh, like dressed up like for a job interview and thinking you're hired. Fucking cutting a bit, looking like Crocodile Dundee. He's like, yeah. here are you. <laughs> Put a suit on, get a pair of sunglasses. Um. After, you know the like the whole massive lobby shoot. Yes. Uh, when that scene kind of ends, the camera pans out, and like a bit of a pillar just like falls. Aye. That um that actually happened. I was going to say was, that. Like it was an actual part of the pillar. A nice they, spontaneous touch. Yeah, they felt that it was like more logical leaving it in. Yeah. Um, is there any one star reviews? There is. Um. There, I've looked up the reviews on a a four K release of this. So the majority of them are all people saying the transfer is absolute shite. But I think when you get down to it, there is some one star reviews. And um, we read out Amazon one star reviews as our our cheeky plug for our Amazon link on filmsandswearing.com. If you go on filmsandswearing.com, click on the link, you can do your Amazon shopping as normal, but you help films and swearing out. Uh, we get like a wee finder's fee or a commission from your purchases. Yeah. So please, if you're going to pre-order something or buy something expensive off of Amazon, go to filmsandswearing.com first, then do your shopping. I am glad to say we did get a, a £25 voucher today. It was like £25 and something pence. So the, like those commissions work. Yeah. Did so, that go uh, towards your um, vinyl? No, no, nah, that that had to be that was a, some well spent birthday money, but I did do the cheeky uh, cancel my Play Story box it and they reordered it with the voucher. Ah, so I now have my sneaky. my free box it because I could swear they were still going to charge me twenty nine ninety nine for that box it, even though the website has it for twenty three ninety nine. Yeah, because it was asking me why am I canceling it? I had it at twenty nine ninety nine. It's like. You never adjusted the price, you dicks. Yeah. But I would wholeheartedly suggest people go to filmsandswearing.com, click on the Amazon link, which I think is on the left-hand side of the page, go to Amazon, order the Police Story box set for twenty three ninety nine, and choose the free shipping option. 
because they're not going to deliver it on time, unfortunately. So you may as well get it for free. Don't bother paying for postage. Let's have a look. Uh, oh, here's one. Uh, one star by Mouchette. Typical American violent orgy of rubbish. What was the person's name there? Mouchette. I thought she said Mouchette there. I was like, really? really? <laughs> yes. Typical mm. American violent orgy of rubbish. How is that violent? Uh, let's see. Oh Dear by A Customer. Uh, this was November 2003. What can I say except it's overhyped, the acting is poor, the script is second rate, full of cliches, the philosophy's thin, and on top of that, it's boring. Hmm. Uh, that is it. Yeah. This. See you later, 90s. Yep. It is, and forever will be, a thing of the past. Yeah. And we are now stepping fact, forward. You know, I was I was kind of hoping that people were going to like send us questions apart from Michelle's musical lyrics. Yes. But um, I was kind of hoping that like, somebody was kind of going to like, ask like if there was like any other like film for the 90s that we would talk about that we, that we could have talked about or not. I think I narrowed it down to like three choices and it was going to be Boogie Nights. Yep. True Lies. Mm-hmm. And Die Hard with a Vengeance. Aye. Because, I mean, you had like things like that. Um, I was thinking, personally, Trainspotting. It's uh, one of those huge films from the 90s. Blade. Ah, yeah. Like, one of well, the... Well, because... Well, I, well, I, but, I mean, we also agreed for certain years for certain films and stuff. <laughs> exactly. But we've, we've said this before, that, like, come next summer, you could easily do... Another 80s season, yeah, another yeah. 90s season. Yeah, fucking, we've not even thought about going to the 70s yet. Yeah, like I'm sure there's still so many films, not too much in a hurry to go into the 2000s. Yeah, and they can, I think, maybe we've still so much more to look at in the 80s and 90s first. Yeah, and uh, we might pull a, a decade out of a hat or something when it comes to next year. Yeah, but um, there is, there's. So much shit we could have talked about. But uh, I fucking die hard with a vengeance, though. Oh, I know. You alright, cats? <laughs> Is that like a wee cat sneeze? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> um, I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of gutted that I couldn't fucking sustain a copy of Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Aye. Because I really wanted to actually fucking see that. Yeah, we've been getting that finally. Without, like, paying the coin. Aye. Obviously. No. For, for next month, well, for our next season, yeah, we're not having like a, an off-season break. We're just going straight into our next one, yeah. uh, and we kind of described it as uh, September's with Shannon, or <laughs> Michael Mike, Shannon September. Yes, the 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 MSS. It sounds like a really cheap softcore porn film for the nineties. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Shannon clearly just seems like a woman's name, but yes, we've decided. We've, I you've probably heard it several times on our podcast where we talk about. Michael Shannon is always a fucking bonus to any movie he's yeah. in. Like just when the cunt shows up, the film instantly becomes that little bit better. So we thought, fuck it, let's have a Michael Shannon season. So, Films and Swearing 196 will be a joint review of, uh, I think it's Tom Ford's Nocturnal Animals. Yeah. Uh, now, Patreon, if you want to support us, on there you can. The address is patreon.com forward slash FAS podcast. Social media at FAS podcast. Again, is your fucking handle for Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And now, for the exit, let's find some matrixy music to go out on. I mean, did we do the Rage Against the Machine one? Oh, aye, right enough. Because that is the very first thing that comes up in the credits, yeah. isn't it? It's, um, so, shout outs to Paul Loudon for the, the artwork, David Lopan for our regular theme music, Maggie, Carol, Stu and Kenny for supporting us on Patreon, Magic Mike for helping me throughout the 90s season, mm. and of course, you cunts, the listeners, for tuning in. Yeah. And now... Which is not P. Diddy, come with me, from the Godzilla soundtrack. I know. It is Rage Against the Machine with, I think it is, Wake Up. 
And I mean, the title alone, Rage Against the Machine and Wake Up, both very fitting for this film. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, regardless if it's a red pill or a blue pill, fuck off and tune in next week. <laughs>